hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. Tonight we're starting a new series on what it means to be a church today. We've called the series Be the Church. And I want us to begin by considering afresh what the church is all about. Now, I don't know about you, but over my years, I have been to a lot of church services. Uh, In the hundreds and the thousands, maybe, I've been to a lot. But I think it's good for each of us, whether it's our first time or our thousandth time, to think again about what is this thing that we call the church and why is it important? Uh, And I want us to think about church, not just in a little sense, like, you know, small c, but in a global sense, big c. What is the church? Because this is what I truly believe. An understanding of what the church is changes everything about your life, about my life, about this thing called Christianity. And I want you to imagine that you are going to work or school tomorrow or even you're ch- chatting with some uh, family members or some people, and they say, what did you get up to on the weekend? And you go, well, I went to church yesterday. And they either respond with an ignorant, like, church? What's, what's church? What's that all about? Or they have one of those antagonistic sort of, oh, church. Why would you, it's the 21st century, unless it's virtual reality, why would you want to be involved with something like that? Now, if you had that conversation, what would you say? What is the church all about? Now, I think the problem is that a lot of people have a clip art view of church. Now, I hate clip art. You know clip art? What they do is they take a picture of something and they make a picture that is just awful. It bears some resemblance to the real picture, but it's ugly and it just looks tacky. And that's the way a lot of people view church. And even pastors and Christians can sometimes see it this way. Here are some clip art versions of church. The first one is seeing it as an event. An event, something that happens on Sunday, something you kind of have to persevere through. Mr. Bean in church trying to sing along with the words but actually falling asleep. You know, it's an event. We pay our door entrance fee, which we call tithes, and people put on a good show, hopefully great music and a little talk that makes you feel good. And if we're lucky, we might get a little bit of a Holy Spirit buzz too. In fact, I've even talked to some people who think, that that's what heaven is, all heaven is. I was in a meeting one time, and we were singing the, the song, I Could Sing of Your Love Forever. And the pastor got up straight after the song, and he looked at the congregation, and he said, well, I hope you enjoyed that, because that is what we'll be doing forever. We'll be singing, I Could Sing of Your Love Forever, and a couple of other songs, but we're just going to be singing songs forever. And that's so far off the mark, and not even close. To what church really is, but it's the image we get sometimes. I'm going to church. Or we might see it as a club, a holy huddle, or exclusive group of people who, who really don't care about outsiders. They just seek to maintain the status quo. The key word here is comfortable. They want everything to feel comfortable. And, and the problem here is that often new people are unpredictable, they're uncomfortable. And so there's no space for them. A new person comes in and they go, whoa, you might break up this lovely, comfortable thing that we've got going on. And this, again, is off the mark. And the third one is an organization. 
Organized religion is one of the things that turns people off. In the modern world, a lot of people see the church like an organization. Now, there is a need to pay staff, and you want to be able to track growth in some way, shape, or form, and whether things are working. It does need organization, and it can certainly benefit from some of those principles. But church is not an organization. It's not a business. And if we treat it like that, then we'll begin to miss its true purpose. So the church is not an event, it's not a Christian club, nor is it an organization driven by activities and programs. And, and it's also not, not a building. You know, people drive past and they go, oh, there's my church. They see it as being just the building. These are all actually contain, like the clip art, some element of truth. They, they contain an image which is helpful, but they are the clip art versions of reality just caricatures of the truth. And I do think that this has come about because we have a modern way of seeing the world. We live in a me-focused, entertainment-driven culture. You have to work to grab people's attention to a sermon, let alone commitment to a church. That's why we find the VR church videos so funny, because it speaks to our way and our culture, our way of seeing the world, and the way that many people search for a church. Many people look for a church that can meet their needs. And there's a pressure to have the best facilities, the most impactful worship, the trendiest preachers rocking the skinny jean look. Mine aren't skinny enough, sorry. And the most engaging Instagram stories. And through it all, we can actually lose sight of what the church is, what the purpose of the church is. I'm convinced that the thing we need to do, most of all, is we need to go back to the earliest church and the earliest church experts, the people that Jesus commissioned to build the church and see how they saw it. And what we find is we find quite helpfully they used different images, not clip art images, different images to different metaphors to tell us what church is. And this can be really helpful for us to discover what church is. So let's look at four images tonight of what church actually is. The first image is that of a body. Romans 12, verse 4 and 5. It says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. It's another way of saying the church. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Think about those words. As different parts of the body belong to each other, so do those who are part of the church. The interesting thing about a body is how important each part is. Now, I'm beginning to get a little bit older. It happens to all of us. It'll happen to you too. And so I have what you might call old man ailments. So I'm now beginning to get creaks in my joints and that kind of thing. So I'm going to be an old man for a minute and tell you a couple of my ailments, tell you some of the things which aren't working as well as they used to be. And one is that I, for some reason, have tennis elbow, which is really weird because I don't play tennis or any sports that really require me to do tennis-type movements. But I have tennis elbow, and the one thing I've discovered about tennis elbow and all the YouTube tutorials I've looked at and how to try and fix it is that tennis elbow is not actually about your elbow. Did you know this? There's doctors in the room, right? They're like, yeah. Uh, It's not about your elbow. It's about your wrist. 
And it's about the way that you're using your wrist. And as you bend your wrist a certain way, then it actually pulls the ligaments on your elbow. They are connected. The other problem I've had is my knee. It's on my left, my left side is failing. I'm not sure what that's about. Uh, but my knee's been bad, actually, for a number of years. And what I've discovered there is that that's not actually about my knee, but it's about the band that runs down the outside of my leg, which is connected to my hip. And so the problem is actually in my hip, even though I'm feeling it in my knee. The point is that they're all connected. Yeah? The leg bone's connected to the... Knee bone, the knee bone's connected to the hand. I don't know. But they're all connected. They're, they're all connected in some way, shape, or form. I'm not a doctor. Uh, and in the same way, the church is connected. We're not just a loose unit of individuals who all happen to get together on a Sunday. But we together make one unit. And this unit of the church relates strongly to other units of the church. We're linked to our friends at Majestic. We're linked to our friends at Grace Vineyard, to our Anglican friends. We partner uh, with everybody within C3 Christchurch at Eastside, here at South City C3, at St. Martin C3. We're one together. We don't all look the same and we don't all do things the same, but we are united and should cooperate together. The church, according to this image, is to be a group of people that move together and work together and support each other. That's the first image. The second image is God's team. The church is the people of God belonging to him and being chosen by him. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Is running after us, we can show it outwards to others. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. What a rich, rich verse. Powerful verse. One of my least favorite parts of growing up was the moment they picked teams. I loved sports, but I wasn't always the best. In fact, I very rarely got chosen first. But the worst possible feeling is not getting chosen at all. When they go, yeah, okay, there's an odd person. Why don't you just sit on the sideline and we'll come and get you if we need you. you anyone ever had that feeling? Chosen last or not chosen at all. Uh, as my dad used to say, the position he likes to play in, in football is left right out. Uh, <laughs> instead of left back, right back, <coughs> left right. Okay, I won't explain it. <clears throat> I remember one time not being chosen for a team. I had this thick, thick sense of disappointment. However, when I was chosen, I was all in. You picked me. You've chosen me to be part of your team. Well, then I'm going to give it all I've got. I'll play the way you want me to play. I am committed. And one day Jesus was walking along the side of the Sea of Galilee. And he looked out and he saw this outspoken, reckless fisherman named Peter. And he chose him. He called him. Peter followed him and his life was changed. So he says there is something special going on for followers of Jesus. They're more than individuals. They are a team called to do what God has always called his people to do, to bring his life to the world. What's the best team you've ever been in? I remember once being in a team where everyone just got it. 
And whilst we didn't win it all, we knew what we were supposed to be about. And there was, there was joy in being part of that team. And that is what church is supposed to be. The church, according to this image, is to work together for a purpose, as one, to see the world, know God and his goodness, and to bring him to the world. That's the second image. The third image is this ancient image of us being the temple of the Spirit. And this image is a really big deal. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Lives in you. You are the temple. The temple was the place in the Old Testament, uh, in the Hebrew Bible, where God in his presence dwelt. It was a holy, holy place. It was the place people went to hear from God where they went to say sorry to God, where they went to be redeemed, to be forgiven and be united with God. And now Paul says that one, uh, that Paul, you know, he's one of the most renowned church experts. He, he was the one who built the most churches. He says that the temple is no longer a place. The temple is a people. It's not a building, but people who together bring God's presence to the world. But just like that temple was to be special, to be holy, to be set apart, so the church needs to be holy and set apart. It's our connection to Jesus then and our consistent obedience to him that makes us holy and allows God's presence to be seen in us and through us. The church is God's presence in the world through the imitation of Jesus. And then the final image we'll look at tonight is the image of family. There are others. There are other images we could look at, but I think this is a great one for us to, to finish on here in this little exploration of these images. Galatians 6 verse 10. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. The church is like a family or like a household. We're whanau. We're related all as the children of God through our shared belief in Jesus and our filling with the Holy Spirit. That makes us in some way united because I believe in Jesus and I'm filled with his Spirit and you believe in Jesus. And when you do that, you're filled with his Spirit. Then there is something that joins us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And like all families, there will be people we don't always get on with. I love my family, but I will admit that some of them are a bit strange, and they say the same thing about me. My, my grandma is so outspoken that when we have family get-togethers, we have a bit of a tag team system that goes on. Hey, it's your turn with grandma. You've got to go and spend some time with her. And then don't forget to tag someone else and make sure they tag. And then we'll make sure. And then someone comes and tags you. It's your turn with grandma. I've already had my turn. It's your turn. Uh, and we try and make sure that we're all kind of in it together. Uh, I also have a weird uncle who believes a bunch of strange things and quite outspoken. And I'm sure that you know of people like that even in our church family. It's part of the joy of diversity. And actually, for some people, that's the really tricky part. 
Here's a group of people of different nationalities, different races, different ages. How are we supposed to get along? It's a terrible, terrible idea, if you really think about it. But it's God's plan to bring his life to the world. It's the thing that he prayed for on the night that he was, that he was to be uh, betrayed, before he was to be crucified. God, make them one as we are one. It's what he commissioned Peter to give his life to. I call you Peter, for on this rock I will build my church. It's what Jesus is, was building and growing all along. It's a family. Like a household, there's order in the church. There are certain jobs people get on and, and just do, not because they think it's their calling, but just because it makes the household run well. One of my jobs in our household is to clean the toilet. I don't think that's my calling. But it's just something that I know needs to be done. And, uh, and so I just get on and I do it. I was going to do toilet humor, but we'll keep that out of this. Uh, it's, it's the same in the church. We've been asking for people to sign up for teams here. and I've been so amazed by people's willingness to get involved. It's fantastic. It's what church is supposed to be. So we've got these four images. A body. God's team, the temple of his spirit, a family. Can you see how this version of church is so different than the virtual reality church, so different than the event, the uh, organization, the club that we were talking about earlier? So different, isn't it? And many things may stand out to you, but here are a couple that stand out to me as we consider what it means for us in our City 6 p.m. service. The first is a definition of what church is. And here is my definition of church with all of this taken into account. The church is a community joined through the gospel of Jesus Christ, bringing his life to the world. The church is a community joined through the gospel of Jesus Christ, bringing his life to the world. We belong to each other. We base that belonging on the person of Jesus and the work of his spirit in which we're partnered. Church is not an event, but we love our gatherings. It's not a club, but knowing others deeply is essential. It's not a business, though organization is important. But when we think about what is church for us in the City 6 p.m. service and this expression of the church, we think about three things. The first is community. And each of these images, if you look at them, make a really big deal out of this idea of community. And community needs to be a focus of church. Now, I spent a few years living in uh, the UK, and one of my favourite cities to visit, I think my favourite city in the whole world is London, went there at least a dozen times and used the underground quite a lot. And I quickly found out that there's an unspoken rule on the underground. And that's that you shouldn't speak to each other. That's why it's an unspoken rule. No one says it. But if you sit on the underground, you cannot strike up a conversation with a British person. The interesting thing is you can easily strike up. I've had many good conversations with Australians, uh, with French people, with South Africans, with Americans, but never a British person. It's kind of come in, sit down, do your thing, and then when you get off, get off and go. And just don't interact with each other. Don't be part of each other's lives. And sometimes that's how people treat church. 
I'm going to come in. I'm going to sit on my seat. I'm going to be involved in the worship by singing some songs. I'm going to listen to the message. Maybe something will be relevant for me. Maybe I'll just think, oh, that sounded nice. And then I'll walk out again. But that's not the image of church. The image of church is an image of community. And that's who we want to be. And uh, next week, Josh is going to explore this idea of community with us. The second thing that we think our City 6pm service is about is discipleship. Discipleship is a big word that basically means we're growing to be more like Jesus. His way of life becomes our way of life. And I'm going to dig into this at the very end of our series. And the third thing is mission. Mission, that we are united with a purpose, telling others of this gospel and letting it transform their lives as it's transformed our lives. But mission is more than that. More than that, you've seen in these images. See, together we bring God's presence to the world, bringing life and hope where there were none, showing love to those in need, and bringing the peace of God that changes everything. Josh is going to look at this with us in a couple of weeks' time. And then uh, the week after, uh, on the 28th of, uh, 28th of February, we're going to have a really special night, a night that's going to help us in that mission journey. World Vision are coming to spend some time with us. And a special guest by the name of Grant Norsworthy, who was in charge of the Blessing Aotearoa, he is going to be performing with our band, uh, leading us in worship in that night. And we also have a young guy by the name of Vitalis, I think his name is, and he's going to share his testimony as a child sponsor. And we're going to see what this mission looks like and how we can be involved as a community in this mission around the world. So at this City 6pm service, we see ourselves as a community of disciples reaching the world. Community of disciples reaching the world. Why? Because that's who the church is. We're one small part of it. And we hope that you can come and join us on being that and doing that. And we've called this series, Be the Church. We haven't called this series, Come to Church. Coming to church is helpful, but church is so much bigger than this service. And it is something that we can embody every day through, through the way we pray, through the way we work, through the things that we do. We need to be the church. I mean, my hope is that one day you'll be driving along with someone in the car and you're out the window, you'll see someone from our, our City 6 p.m. service there and you go, oh, there goes my church. And they'll go, oh, that building, oh, that's really nice. You drive a bit further and you see someone else and you go, I think that's my church. And they go, hang on a second. I thought that was your church. Is that your church? Church is not the building. Church is the people. And we would see each other and we would go, yeah, that's my family. That's my whanau. That's my, that's my church. And that would be who we are. And it's, this is the cool thing about the church. The church is what our world desperately desperately needs. I've shared this one with our St. Martin's uh, congregation already, but I think it fits so well here. Uh, that following the Korean War, a study was done of a thousand American prisoners of war who'd been detained in a North Korean camp. These camps were not considered cruel by usual standards. The soldiers had adequate food, they had water, they had shelter. They weren't even physically tortured. The camps weren't surrounded by barbed wire or armed soldiers. 
Yet the death rate in these camps was 38%, the highest in US military history. And not one person tried to escape. Over half of those who died in the camps, it's told, just gave up. They died of extreme hopelessness. It was not uncommon for a soldier to wander into his hut, to look despairingly about, decide that there was no use in trying to survive, go into the corner, sit alone, and he would be dead within two days. The soldiers called it give up itis, give up itis. And the, uh, it wasn't by accident. The North Koreans were very intentional. How did they do it? The, the study found that the objective was simply to deny men the emotional support that comes from interpersonal relationships. They would give rewards for informing on other prisoners. They would break relationships and destroy trust. They would take away their community. They would also undermine a soldier's allegiance to his country and his superior officers. It was reported that one officer told a prisoner not to drink from a dirty pool of water. And the soldier replied, Who are you to tell me what to do? We're all the same in here, bub. I can do whatever I want. Drank the water, got dysentery, and was dead within a couple of days. They no longer had anyone to look up to. No one to be like. There was no discipleship. Most tellingly, they would withhold all positive emotional support. If a soldier received a letter from home, the captors withheld it. All negative letters, however, such as those telling of a relative passing away or a wife leaving, her husband were delivered immediately. And in doing so, they took away their sense of mission in life. They took away their community. They took away their desire to be like anybody, and they took away their mission. Without a sense of those three things, these people, these people gave up hope of get, getting anything better, and they just gave up. And the sad thing with our world is that many people live that way. They live in isolation and loneliness. All their heroes... They don't really trust them. And there's no sense in mission in life. And that is why I believe the church is the hope of the world. We embody all that people are looking for, all that can give them meaning in life. It's found here through the people of Jesus. So I want to challenge you tonight. So I have the band come up. I want to give you a bit of a challenge tonight. What does it look like for you to be the church this year? Is it a commitment to being here? The event's not everything, but it's a start. Is it a commitment to community and being involved in small groups and discipleship groups? Is it investing yourself in giving to others and trying to continually become more like Jesus? Is that helping us find ways that together we can reach our city and we can reach our world? You might still have that app open in front of you. Why don't you write a note? Why don't you write a note in there and say, this is what it looks like for me to be the church this year. Don't worry, those notes are private. No one else can see them. We're not going to be checking later to see what everybody wrote, to see if you passed the test. But for you, why don't you, 
Why don't you either save that thing or write a note and, and look at it later? Make a conscious decision to commit yourself to the group of people Jesus died to create. See the church for what it really is and be part of it. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.